Hi, and welcome to Syrup Shots Gaming. I'm Tyler, and with me this week is Dave, a.k.a. Coach. Hey, how's it going, everybody? It's going yeah, all right. Um, it is going <laughs> all right. So, I have to say, uh, I am very proud of our Rocket League team this year for the rookie season. As much as, as disappointed as they were, we got to the Elite Eight of the Central Time Zone region, which is uh, out of over 420 teams. And we came in sixth place. And I know they were disappointed because, you know, they wanted to win. But I'm like, guys, on your rookie year, getting to sixth place is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> six out of 420, right? The over 420. <laughs> so they're in the top 2%. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. like in the top one and a, one and a half percent. So... You know, that's amazing. And considering that we had no budget for this, um, you know, we uh, we basically did it on our own free time. It's just the school was, like, aware of us. But now, hopefully, with all of the publicity we're going to get from this, we can probably be like, hey, you know, we could probably do a lot better if we threw some money at this, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Because I know they want to get the kids like a dedicated space, and also they don't want the students to bring in their own like game consoles and stuff to school. So they really want to, you know, set up like a computer lab specifically for it with like some school-owned gaming consoles. So which we do have, but again, because you know COVID and us being on the hybrid model where students could be there or stay at home, you know. They really haven't been put to good use. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, maybe you can leverage this for the school to get some like uh, PS5s or Series Xs. We'll see about that. The problem <laughs> is, the probably will be is that I imagine, you know, they'll want us to use these uh, Xbox One Ss, uh, and you know, until it, like it is affordable for the school to buy a, you know a series X or a PS five and then, or even a series then S. Yeah. And then even then they'll probably be like, Oh, well now we don't care what happens to this one. And that's what I swoop in. <laughs> <laughs> Cause like we have a ton of CRT TVs in that building and they are just, they, it's like, they don't want to just throw them away, but they haven't found like a mass electronics recycler. So I was like looking at one that was actually pretty nice, you know, for classic gaming. And he's just like, uh, I'll get to the point I want to just throw that away. And I'm like, yeah, we need to figure out someone who can recycle these. And I'm like, well, I can recycle one of these. Dave, you could use this. These are the best for playing the old game consoles on. How many TVs that are modern do you know that still have a red, a white, and a yellow plug in the back? Oh, good point. <laughs> actually... You, you know who would probably buy them all up? Uh, look Ooh. for a Smash Bros. tournament. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, get, like a Melee tournament, like uh, Evo yeah. or anything. They probably mm -hmm. would love them. Oh, they probably would. We also have a ton, and I guess they did this, you know, like our high school did this too, especially I think in middle school, but they put like a big screen TV in every classroom, but they like mm -hmm. suspended it from the ceiling. But we're talking 
big screens, you know, the classic styles. The school uh, that I work at did the same, but a bit smaller size, I'd say. Uh, a bit bigger inch. than an old. What? Yeah, like 32, 32 inches. inches. Yeah, but they're all Magnavoxes, and they all look, by now, they look very dated. So, ah. <laughs> I want to do, uh, we had a, a uh, arcade bar here for a while that, uh, like, one of the things they did was they literally stacked a bunch of CRTs on top of each other in different ways and just turned them on and let the static play and stuff. And I'm like, that would be kind of cool, actually. Uh, looked like Joker's Lair from... Uh, Arkham Origins. <laughs> nice. Oh. Uh, so, uh, interesting thing in our area, we actually got an esports arena and bar. Oh, wow. Cool. So, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to check that out one day because I'm not going to pay their prices because I have a computer. I have consoles. I don't need to pay to go play. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, evidently, they... Uh, uh, are going to do some volunteer work with the schools as well to like host competitions in the area. Oh, wow. Um, I'm surprised. Uh, I'm surprised a bar would actually try that. But so again. It, here's, here's how they're getting away with that. It's actually uh, three businesses put together, a restaurant, a bar and the esports arena. So they're each technically can be separated out, but there's like a patio area that connects all of them. Oh, I see. Okay, that that's kind of cool. I mean, in in some areas though, it you know, it can also be a little different. Like you know, they have those, uh, like you know, like a, a Dave and Buster's is clearly designed for kids at mm -hmm. at times. But then it's just kind of like you know, as soon as it hit nine o'clock, anyone eighteen and under out out. Because what we've had like two bachelor parties there, and you know, so as soon as nine o'clock hit, it's just like yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't, we had um, an awesome one at Chris's bachelor party, though, because you know when nine o'clock hit, though, uh, a family walked up to me and Phil. They had two kids, and they're just like, "Hey, you guys want these?" And they had the cards that you had to swipe for the arcade games, and they said, "We bought unlimited play, and so it only works on games that don't do tickets." So you can play as much as the regular arcade games you want, just not any ticket games. And we were just like, yes. <laughs> so, you know, then all the money went to plying ourselves and Chris with booze that night. So, you know, we just had a good old time. And finally we got on this, like, it was a weird, like, horror uh, shooter game. It was like a 4D experience because... You know, like a ghoul would oh. like get up in your face and scream at you, and then like an air would blast you in the face. Oh, nice! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so like the seat would rumble and the guns would jerk around and stuff. And so you know, we just sat in that and played through till the end because we officially had we had basically unlimited quarters on that thing. And then come to find out, they have a secret ending on that. So we got the bad ending, but we didn't want to go, like, go back and play through again to try and get the good ending. Good ending. So just, yep. Okay, we'll YouTube this. We don't care. And it's an arcade game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the right way to go about it. Yeah. 
Uh, it, it was basically like a House of the Dead, but I don't think it was made by Sega. So, but it was fun. I, I vaguely remember this game. Uh, I can't. I don't. I don't remember what it was, but I, I remember it wasn't an unknown name. But I just don't remember what it was. Yeah, um, I'll have to look that up, you know, because you know. But you know, I want to say you're right too. But it was like one of those arcade spinoffs of like a known property that's like. Also, at the same time, it's just like, wow, this is clearly the this is the uh, Survivor series to the actual Resident Evil series. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the the I can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> exactly. The great value version. of. Yeah. Uh, now, speaking of House of the Dead, did you see that they're actually uh, remaking the first game? Really? Yep. And it's come to consoles. Oh, that'll be great. Uh, and it Just, will support Lycans. There's like a light gun nice. you can get for it. Because if I recall, the original has been stuck to uh, arcades, of course, in Sega Saturn. And as mm-hmm. I've mentioned before, Sega Saturn, there's a reason that there have been no ports of those games. They all have to be remakes. It's actually really interesting if we want to uh, dive into that. It's... It's both a very simple answer, but because they did this, it made it more complicated. See, so, I don't, I don't think I know this. So, what's what's the background? Oh, okay. So here's the thing: uh, when they made the transition from 2D to 3D, basically the game companies had a decision to make: what shape do we base our models off of? Sony and Nintendo chose triangles because even though you can, you know, it'll take maybe a little more, you can then get a bit more options out of it using a triangle. And you can also alter triangles to, you know, make a square. So you can put like, you know, two together and, you know, then you get a square. Yeah. Sega used quadrilaterals. So four-sided shapes. Mm. So even if, and this is fascinating to me. So even if there was times though, where there's like a triangle on screen, they basically had to go into the code in the math and, and tell that one side's like angle was zero, you know, it had a value of zero. So that's complicating all of the code because it's thinking each polygon up there has four sides, even though, you know, but what this also has done though, is so when they tried to make like, you know, Tomb Raider for it and then patch it over to PlayStation, they were having so many problems because, you know, they, I think they were designing it with the PlayStation in mind, but then like Sega paid to have like a year exclusivity, but because all of the polygons or triangles on the PlayStation version all of the surfaces, you know, the maps that they put on there to say this triangle is filled with this texture. Uh, well, you know, they're expecting a triangle. And then so throwing in a map that's designed for a three-sided space into one that is technically four-sided, even though one is zero, it flips out. And so the mm-hmm. textures go everywhere. And so... The the real hard part then comes, apparently, I think you can design, you know, triangles to go to four-dimensional, but you can't really do it the other way around with having without having to really get into the code 
and you know and fixing everything you, essentially you're piece. essentially you're remaking the game at that point exactly so that's why i guess finally why now they're like yeah okay let's remake this so like panzer dragoon and uh house of the dead because you know all of those games were you know stuck like that you know so that's why the Saturn is kind of fascinating to me, and that's also why we have never had any, um, you know, ports of those games because of that just simple decision. You know, we're going to use squares instead of triangles. <laughs> but, but Dave, how am I going to get my Sonic 3D Blast on? Oh, just play the Genesis version. It can handle 2D just fine. It was the 3D <laughs> part that was the hard part. So that's why... You know, it could get Castlevania Symphony of the Night. It could get mm-hmm. uh, Sonic 3D Blast, which the only thing that was improved on that, because that really was like a 2D game. It just yeah. it was, was an overhead view. Yeah, yeah. So they, uh, you know, they're able to get around that with uh, 3D, but it just upped uh, kind of the graphics and the backgrounds a bit. Okay. If I recall. Yeah. I remember but it not being a great story. game. <laughs> yeah. Find the flickies. What's a flicky? It's a little bird. Oh. Why am I doing this? <laughs> yeah, at the same time, we're like, find the Jingos and uh, Banjo-Kazooie? Okay. Oh, yeah. But that's because you needed to make the Jinjonator so you could battle uh, yep. the final boss. <laughs> Uh, Jinjos, that's right. It was Jiggies and yeah. Jinjos. Yeah. Jiggy, you tried to say them at the same time. That's what happened. Yeah, that's <laughs> what happened. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Jingos are the, uh, are the you know, the hip uh, 1980s street versions of Jinjos. <laughs> or either that or a mispronunciation of Jinkos, which, kids, if you're watching, Jinkos are a terrible life decision I once made. And it should stay in the 90s. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fun fact, some military people use them as actual parachutes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. Oh, uh, wow. So I want to kind of breach into what I've been playing, slash kind of a controversy that is the dumbest controversy on the planet. Okay, cool. Okay. I'm up for dumb controversies. All right. Um I have been playing the beta of Guilty Gear Strive that's come out this weekend. Okay. Okay. Uh, this uh, beta, the big difference is they redid the online um, uh, lobby and added two more mm-hmm. characters. They okay. added uh, Anji uh, and Ino, or Eno, however oh. you pronounce that. Familiar with one of those characters. Yeah. Uh, Anji's Eno's- the guy. Yeah, Eno's the, the time-traveling witch. Yeah, with the guitar, right? <laughs> yep. And yep. she is the controversy. Yep. Okay. So, I love her new look. She has a really cool new look. Um, mm-hmm. Now, kids, uh, safe search on if you want to see the old look. But basically, it was just a halter top that just covered uh, certain uh, aspects of the female torso. There was a lot of double stick tape involved. <laughs> But it wasn't that great of tape because her ending pose was she would turn away from the camera and rip the jacket off. So she was shirtless. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I remember that. Yes. Okay. That's the controversy because the new costume 
is she's got this like black brassiere thing with a red shoulder jacket on, and it looks really cool. It, it mm. it's it's bad. It, it's 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 really cool looking. But people mm. are upset because she's not going topless when she turns around. Now she still has the black. This is like the opposite of the the, the conversation we had last week. <laughs> Yeah, now they're angry that their sexy character is not doing the over-the-top sexy move. It's uh, mm-hmm. because the 3D modders are upset that they can't even turn the camera around when they like try and boundary break the game. <laughs> right. Uh, 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 your sexy character is being too sexy. Your sexy character is not being sexy enough. I hate you all. Uh, well, and... Uh, I can never understand the in which direction the internet hive mind will go. I can usually think of like, oh, it could go this way, it could go this way, and then no, it's, you know, boom, right through on an ice cream truck with like rocket ships coming out the back with the big middle <laughs> finger. You know, nope, it's this. Oh, that was option three that I did not expect at all. Uh, and it's, it's it's fascinating, too, because there was another female character that there was a little hubbub about, but I didn't pay much attention mm-hmm. to. Uh, the character's name is May. She's known for fighting with a giant anchor. Oh, yeah, yeah, the pirate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they aged her up. Oh, who cares? Well, now you don't have internet, you know, terrible degenerates thirsting over a little girl anymore, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. But some like, oh, that's not the character I remember. Cool. It's it's the it's the new game in the series. It's gonna be different. Yeah, yeah exactly. And uh, I believe the creators of the company that owns it can uh, have a right to change their character. They did the same thing with the Dead or Alive girls, like uh, a couple years ago. Because like in the first game, like they made them like sixteen, and mm-hmm. so you know people are like. Oh, you know, that's terrible. You know, you're over-sexualizing a 16-year-old girl. And so then, like, in every subsequent, like, re-release, you know, or remake of the first and second game, they're just, like, uh, age. Uh, Girls don't like to talk about their age. And then when it got to, like, uh, three and four, which are supposed to be, like, you know, a year or two later, then it's just, like, 18, you know. Solidly hit that, but I just, it's also one of those things, I'm just sitting there, you know, I th- let me, ser- this is, this might be a risky search, but I think it's just might be one of the cultural differences from us in Japan, because, mm. uh, you know, I, and it's just kind of like, you know, how different states do this too, you know, the age of consent in some states is like 17, whereas in others it's like 18, and then, so here, let me... <laughs> well, while you're looking that up there, you know, this this kind of follows a trend of fighting games that I have been appreciative of, is they are maturing as their series get older. And by maturing, I don't mean... <laughs> what? No! No! Uh-oh. No! <laughs> oh. Oh, Wow. All right, Dave, tell us the bad news. Uh, (laughs) uh, Top of the results, 13 is the age of consent in Japan. So, wow. 
that's that's something. <laughs> Yeesh. Yeesh. <laughs> that explains a good bit, actually. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, we're going to dodge that. Uh, yeah, but uh, what I was saying was I've actually appreciated how fighting games have been maturing, and by maturing I don't mean making more sexual content, but actually decreasing the over-sexualization to make them more human-looking. A great example of that is the Mortal Kombat series. Uh, Mortal yeah. Kombat 9 uh, Sonya Blade looks way different than new Sonya Blade. Uh, you know, Katana no longer looks like a stripper. She looks like she uh, actually has, like, it's armored. Mm -hmm. it, it, you know, and, and there's still, you know... Yeah, and I'll, I'll admit to being a full blood, full blooded, warm, full warm blooded male at times. So you know, but then it's just like there's games specifically designed for that. So it's just like, oh, okay, I can go to Dead or Alive, you know. Right. And it's fine that you know some games want to grow up. Uh, Mortal Kombat, really, you know, between nine, ten, and eleven, they're just kind of like, you know, we are kind of alienating, you know, a significant half of the population who actually likes this series. So. But I think also they've had like a good balance. Like in eleven, I will say there are costumes that are they're not the overtly revealing, but they're still it's just like mm, wow. You know? Yeah. And I think that to me is even that's an art in itself. Like how can you make, you know, Let's make a costume that can make people babble and drool, you know, <laughs> while they see it, but at the same time without showing any skin, really. So, yeah. you know, and, and, and they've kind of done that. They really have. Yeah, that you don't have to do... Uh, what was the, the Molina costume in Mortal Kombat 9? The, uh... the rags, basically. Yeah, the, uh... yeah. It wasn't really dead... crappy attempt at mummy cosplay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the the used band aid comp caused to play. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We're gonna go with the uh, the uh, rubber band and the gum wrapper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sounds about right. Uh, yep, yep. They just they just MacGyvered that costume. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I appreciate how they are still sexy characters when they need or want to be. But mm -hmm. they don't have to be unrealistic. They can do it yeah. in a more mature and professional way. Mm -hmm. I guess is the best way I can put it. Yeah, and then also that's like sometimes like games would put a character in like a revealing outfit, and you would just sit there and like, I don't think this kind of character would wear that. But then again, you know, and sometimes you know it's kind of like. Uh, but then again, you know, as a fictional character who cares, you know. Mm -hmm. So, like, there were times when it's just like, uh, in Mortal Kombat 3, when Sindel, you know, is Katana's mom. Now, at the time, because I was in fifth grade and didn't know any better, but now it's just kind of like, uh... Say what now? <laughs> How much older is Sindel supposed to be to Katana? And she's supposed to be a queen. Now I get it. She's been brainwashed by like, you know, Shao Kahn and stuff like. So, you know, maybe that influence is influencing her outfit. But now they've got her looking much 
they look at her looking more dignified and kind of mature and regal, and have kind of upped the outfit to do that a bit as well. It's not like the one-piece swimsuit anymore. Right. I, I had always chalked it up to Adinian's aging differently. Yeah, I didn't put that much thought into it. <laughs> World building. Yay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, that, that was that's my big gaming gripe. Is I get the internet. I got, yeah, again, the internet uh, outrage machine, you never know what it's going to do. And sometimes outrage is warranted, but at other times it's just like, what is your problem? Shut up. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I guess my minor gaming gripe, I'm hoping now this is both a double-edged sword because it, it. I'm sad to say it made me think this, but at the same time, what is happening, and, and it doesn't help that a commercial of it is coming on right now, but Game, classic gaming collecting has skyrocketed as quarantine was up. And so mm-hmm. that has also made prices on the aftermarket through the roof in some games. So uh, one of my local used game stores, you know, they use that price charting website that uh, keeps track of all like eBay sales and other sales for what the average price of a used game is going to be. But they also keep track of condition, you know, like, is it just a used with a disc or is it fully complete? Things like that. And just prices mm-hmm. have been going up, up, up. And what is going on, though, some of the hobbies that people have picked up during quarantine are now... Well, now that they can go outside and, you know, if they've been vaccinated, you know, just this week, the CDC said, hey, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. You know, you can go outside, do this. Basically, things are starting to get slowly back to normal. And I put air quotes around that because I hopeful, I think hopefully we'll still at least keep some things that are a bit more common sense. Yeah. Um, but. One of the bad things that disappointed me to hear, though, was a lot of people adopted pets during quarantine. And now that they're not home, they're going back to work. A lot of them are being returned. And I first was just kind of like, that's so depressing. Because I'm looking forward. I want to get a a puppy, possibly two, so the one isn't lonely when I Mm -hmm. go back to work in the fall. But I wanted to wait till summer so that way I could actually spend time with it and teach, you know, okay, let's not piss on the carpet, you know. Oh, we're gonna right, that, right. Sorry. You know, potty train it and, you know, keep it, you know, you can go in this room, let's not go in this room and figure things out like that. So that would give me a solid probably about two and a half months to get that done. And then hopefully it'll be better when school starts up again and I can hopefully leave it at home by itself and not have to worry about things so much. So, yeah, I felt bad about that. I'm just like, Oh no, don't send the doggies back. They didn't do nothing. But at the same time, I have seen a couple articles crop up though, that because game prices have risen up so much though with people going back and now doing the hobbies they had 
that they didn't used to be able to do, are we going to see an influx of stuff going back into the market and hopefully prices get back down to where they were pre-COVID? So, you know, I did start to see that trend. And I, I hate to think that it's just like, no, the puppies are getting put back in the in the kennel. But then it's like, but then the games, are they coming back to the market? So <laughs> I think it's okay to uh, feel both ways there because gaming is a hobby. A puppy is not a hobby. It's part of your family. You don't give yeah. back a part of your family. That is, that is. You, but unfortunately, we do have some idiots who feel that way. I'm not one of them. I think one of the hardest days in my life was when I had to interview for my current job. The day before, our family dog that we had had since I was 19 years old, because we didn't get a dog until I was 19 and in my first year of college. That was when my mom was finally like, okay, one of the boys will be home at different times of the day. It won't be alone all by itself all the time. So she let my dad get a dog because he was the one who wanted one mostly. And he passed the day before the interview. Ooh. And I, I was gone for the you know, since I got home from my job, I was I was inconsolable. And uh I I think uh, you know, my parents had made like, you know, breakfast food for dinner. She's some mom's just like, Yeah, why don't you sit down and hand some <laughs> you know, and I probably said a few not so nice words. And I just like went in my room and cried for an hour. I felt so bad. So don't give away. If you're going to get it, you don't treat it like an item. It's not an object. It is. It's your little guy or girl. You know, treat it like that. Yeah. Um, Me and my wife have two dogs and uh, they are, they are our fur babies, you know? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, uh, I'll censor this, but despite how much of they are, they are fur babies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't don't worry, Freddy. Freddy was a pain in the butt, but he was our pain in the butt. So, although Freddy, wherever you are, <laughs> uh, up there playing with, you know what? Finally met uh, Gracie. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, well, Gracie lived a long time too. Wow, she did. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, okay. This is a gaming podcast. Yeah. Though, not a, not a, a bemoaning or departed uh, food baby podcast. Right. Uh, so let me actually talk about something new I've been uh, trying out this week. So yeah. uh, I have still been playing uh, Monster Hunter Rise, but mm-hmm. my hands have literally started going numb playing it in handheld mode with how you have to hold oh. the switch. Okay. Okay. So I finally invested in the Hori Switch Pad Pro. Oh, okay. Uh, um, and I absolutely love this thing. Uh, so it there are sacrifices with it. It does not have rumble. Okay. Um, but it is... Uh, it's not made by Nintendo, but it is Nintendo licensed. Okay. Um, it is the most comfortable thing. I wish every uh, Joy-Con felt this way. 
How much did you have to invest in that guy there? 45 bucks. That's not bad. Mm-mm. Uh, luckily, it seems that third-party controllers have gone up in quality ever since Mad Cats died. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Mad Cats were the king of crap. Uh, me and Doug went through two Super Pad 64s and both the Z button, uh, the trigger just got stuck in the system. So, and the thing was like the Duke from the original Xbox controller. It was big. You had to have like Goro's hands to, you know, functionally wield this controller. Right. (laughs) Uh, And it was mad. I think it was Mad Cats, but everybody had a Mad Cats controller. And it it always went to the one. There was always that friend that your parents made you invite to your birthday party. That kid got that one. (laughs) Mhm. Mhm. I had mm-hmm. I had a gray, a blue, um and a it wasn't green, was it black N64 controller and then I had a Mad Cats. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Wow. Uh oh Mad Cats. <laughs> what were you thinking? Uh you were you were the worst. The kings of crap. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, there, there was a lot of stuff, you know, that has kind of just vanished just because the technology has changed, too. But also, when it comes to gaming, though, people usually, usually want quality. And we still get shovelware games, though, of course, but... I would say that kind of seemed to have peaked in the Wii days and has gone mm-hmm. slowly downhill since there. But, you know, we used to have Game Genie and Game Shark and mm-hmm. Pro Action Replay. And there were also, um, there was Bleem, which was a program that allowed you to play PlayStation games on your computer. And they were trying to make Bleem Cast, which was a version that allowed you to play PlayStation games on your Dreamcast. And they were sued into oblivion. That's what happened to them. But then what was even stranger, though, is that in the 80s, the early 80s, when it was, you know, Magnavox Odyssey and ColecoVision and Atari, some companies actually made devices so you could play the opposing company's cartridge on your console. So it was literally a device that slotted in. It was like a Game Genie or, you know, Sonic and Knuckles, where basically you plug it in and then plug the other cartridge on top. Now you can play it, you know, on your, you can play your Magnavox Odyssey game on your Atari 2600. Or it it was one of those. I, I don't know. I don't remember which way it was, but luckily we seem to have gotten away from some of these rock solid crap that we had. I, I'm so glad we don't have to have all these accessories for the Switch so we can see the screen at night. <laughs> that is, uh, I remember I had, my first handheld was the Game Boy Color, and I mm-hmm. got one of those, uh, went over it, magnifying screen with lights going down with speakers on the side. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, I had one that, like, you know, went on the top and then hinged down, kind of like a... Almost like a you know a big plastic wallet, 
and you know you you know open that thing up and then it had separate batteries for it and then there was also one that like it was called the worm light and you know you plugged it in the oh, side yep. and, and it stuck mm-hmm. part of your batteries out yep yep I, I still say the biggest jump in handhelds was the Game Boy Advance SP. That went from yes. using batteries and uh, no backlight or to mm-hmm. being lit up with a rechargeable battery. Ah, mm-hmm. chef kiss. That was that was the best. I just now, remember I, one of one of the craziest things. I was the first time I had really seen like a modded console. But it was that friend you had in high school. I think he went to like the private Christian school or something. Uh, and he he went to another town's public school. Oh, I know exactly okay. who you're talking about. Yeah, he modded he his modded, Game Boy Advance. Yeah, to to have lighting, and it's just like I can I struggle with words out of a comic book at that age. You know, how did you do this? And it's just so impressive, though, just how smart in some areas high schoolers can be, which. Trust me, I have learned, especially when I'm calling up one of my Rocket League players, you know, to discuss 3D printing. So this happened. How do I fix this? Have you tried putting something sticky on the surface of the plate? So, you know, when it you know gets stuck down, it stays. So you're saying my answer to this solution is a glue stick. Yep. <laughs> okay. Cool. <laughs> yep. I got plenty of those. Oh, oh, what, oh, what's going on? Oh, sorry. There's a Godzilla marathon on TV and Gigan just exploded out of a space diamond. <laughs> nice. Oh, wow. There, there was one other news article that I, I wanted to go over with you tonight. Um, sure. Have you been keeping up with the uh, epic Apple lawsuit? Not so much. I, I'm kind of rooting I don't even know who I'm rooting for. I've just I've paid so little attention to it. But okay. isn't Epic trying to bypass Apple's pay system or something? Yeah, they're basically saying that Apple has a monopoly where they have to take a thirty percent cut uh, and they can't offer through third party uh, stores purchases. They can't gotcha. even put the link to it to a website on which okay. I uh, I'm I'm mixed feelings on this because. This could be a slippery slope where anyone can develop games for any console. Nintendo could then say, hey, I'm going to develop games for the Xbox. Mm. And Xbox can't stop me. Yeah. Uh, Hmm. I don't know about a... I don't know. I've seen things like this before. Now, in some cases, though... No, clearly the technology is different. Basically, it sounds to me like Epic is tired of Apple taking a 30% cut out of every buck that they, you know, earn. Yeah. Which is understandable. Uh, if I were Apple, I would probably... What I would do is... Uh, I've known companies that did basically like buy-in programs. So they buy into the program, but then... And this is usually in a situation uh, like when I worked for the medical uh, equipment company, uh, a customer could buy in to the program, but then would get massive discounts on the product. Now, this clearly isn't the same thing because it is the seller on the platform, but Mm -hmm. I would wonder if there would be like a 
kind of system where they could work out like that, where, you know, like maybe Epic could pay Apple to be like a priority publisher or something like that. But then Apple, t- Apple gets a upfront payment, but then takes a much less on the back very end. Insignificant- exactly. So this is a very deep and intricate conversation. Mm-hmm. I, w- I want to throw that part away right now, okay? okay. I want to I want to read a, a, a conversation that happened in a courtroom, Dave. Okay, y- you're that drinking something. Okay, sorry. So Keep so uh, <laughs> uh, we have uh, an Apple attorney and uh, Wessinger. Which hold on a second here. Uh, I want to see who someone from Epic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Apple attorney, we have in front of us a new set of images, and what is this screen showing? Westinger responds, this is your matchmaking lobby, the attorney. And we have a large yellow banana here, don't we? In a tuxedo. Westinger, yes, that is Peely. Attorney, and that's Peely, did you say? Westinger, yes. And the attorney, and in fact, in the tuxedo, he's known as Agent Peely, correct? Westinger, that's correct. Attorney, we thought it'd be better to go with the suit than the naked banana, since we are in federal court this morning. Uh, the Apple is wow. trying to say that Epic allows porn and inappropriate material by having a naked banana. Well, that's uh, an attempt at an argument. It's a bad one. <laughs> Uh, but, so, uh, so, in fact, uh, the Epic lawyer did cross-examination with Wessinger. Uh, the Epic attorney says... cross-examined Agent Peely. <laughs> a little bit of discre- uh, digression. We talked about Peely, our banana. Remember that? Wessinger said, I did. The, the Epic attorney. And there might have been an implication to that to show Peely without a suit would have been inappropriate. Do you recall that? Wessinger said, yes, I do. The attorney, is there anything inappropriate about Peely without a suit? Wessinger, no, there is not. The attorney, if we could just put on the screen a picture of Peely, is there anything appropriate about inappropriate about Peely without clothes? It's just a banana, ma'am. <laughs> oh, oh, wow, that is, mm, my <laughs> chef kiss. <laughs> that that is, that is something of beauty. Oh, oh, I love it when dumb things happen in court. <laughs> oh, that is so flippin' stupid. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> and you know, I'm even going to go as far as to say, uh, the banana has clothes. It's called the peel. The peel. Yeah. It's not like he's got like you know. <laughs> The banana doesn't have a banana hammock, okay? <laughs> it's not like he's got like accurate banana genitalia or anything. Right. It, right. It, even then, it'd be like, who cares? <laughs> yeah, no one's uh, ever gonna bring a banana to court and go, show me on the banana where he touched you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that uh <laughs> I think Episode I broke Dave. <laughs> no, Show me on the banana where he touched you. 
uh, that's going to be like one of our weird search results uh, that uh, uh, yeah. YouTube kept track of. <laughs> so, uh, to, so a little bit behind the scenes, guys. We uh, track some of our stuff using YouTube Studio uh, for all our uh, YouTube posts. And I got to say, there was something that was a little surprising to me. I'm actually pulling it up right now. So oh, this was fantastic. All because of a covert club that has cropped up in my town. This was amazing. Yeah. Hold on a second here. Got it pulled up? <laughs> I'm trying to find it again. Oh. Beautiful. <laughs> All I know is those people are so disappointed with that search result. <laughs> okay, here it is. So uh, this is uh, the category of traffic source uh, based off of YouTube search. So when you type in a YouTube search, uh, this is where our podcasts have shown up. Okay. <laughs> uh, so of the ones that have shown up in YouTube searches, 25% have shown oh, – hold on a second here. Let me go back. I've got to change it from last 28 days to lifetime. But wasn't it uh, you were saying, though, that like the 25% is usually people searching for gaming podcasts? Yeah, right. right. So so 12.4% of our tra overall traffic comes from YouTube searches, okay? Yeah. 5.3% mm -hmm. uh, of that 12.4 is Monster Hunter Rise. Okay, so people search Monster Hunter Rise, found us. Mm -hmm. uh, probably due to that Monster Hunter Rise episode I put up, the uh, playthrough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, we did a whole one about Monster Hunter as well. This is true. Mm -hmm. uh, 2.6 comes from podcast gaming. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. The other 2.6 comes from swingers. <laughs> uh, oh. Another possible oh. uh, podcast title, 2.6% of our viewers are swingers. Yeah, yeah, that's another one. <laughs> uh. I was I was very surprised by that. Entertained, but surprised. Oh, that's hysterical. Uh. All right, Dave, we're about 46 minutes in here. Is there anything else you're wanting to talk about? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Um... No... <sighs> Nothing really that's cropped up this week gaming-wise, I would say. I guess the only thing I... I oh, well, we haven't talked about uh, what we've been playing this week yet, so I am okay. uh, now fully into Devil May Cry 5. I've had... Luckily, with the school year winding down, I've had a lot of time to actually sit down and play the game, and so I'm discovering some of, you know, the... Uh, plot points that are supposedly like, ooh, you know, it's spoiler territory, like, oh, the mystery behind, you know, who this character is and stuff like that. So it's been it's been great. Um it is funny though how much they are referencing some of their other stuff to remind you that, hey, Devil May Cry is back. We're using the original canon. Don't for, don't remember that DMC game that we tried to make for that reboot that no one asked for. Although it was a good game, I will say it was a good game. But 
and even then they could have just said a few things and just been like, Oh, uh, this is the prequel to everything, you know, and just changed a few things around, but you know, they didn't do that. And it was, it's sad because there was actually a, a side character who I wouldn't mind seeing again, uh, cat. She was this like spunky punk girl who, uh, would make like magic spells and help Dante. Uh, and now we got a lot of cool characters like that now. And they introduced a new one in five uh, named Nico, who is a cool character too, but I wouldn't mind seeing cat yet again. Um, but I'm really enjoying it now. I think I have, I think there's 21 missions in the game. And I just got to number 13. I finally unlocked Dante in the game. They're really going for, yeah, Dante is the full powered up mode in the game, and Nero and V are the not so powered up ones. But that way, it's nice because then you don't have to have like a story arc of why Dante is depowered, like Samus is, you know, in every game. This time, it's just it was a what incapacitated Dante that you couldn't play as him until this point. So that that's nice. That's refreshing. And then when you get them, it's just like, oh, oh, you're kicking the crap out of everything in that game. So nice. So nice. Oh, and so I'm really looking forward to hopefully finishing up here soon. Because there are other games I do want to get to. Uh, I know Resident Evil 8 came out this past week. Uh, actually, the week before this past week, I think. But I want to play it, but at the same time, I have not played two or three the remakes yet. So I'm going to play those first. And then uh, then uh, also, I prefer, just out of personal preference, uh, I usually would play the Resident Evil games on either Nintendo or Xbox. And so uh, I do want to get a Series X eventually. And... I think I'll get Resident Evil 8 on this. So maybe I might just wait for the uh, the Game of the Year edition, which has all the DLC, which I know is coming. Oh, speaking of Xboxes, I, it was something crazy today. In yeah. Walmart, I was doing my grocery shopping. They had two Series S's in stock. Wow. So I was like, oh. And then my lizard brain kicked in. And I, I absolutely do not want a Series S, though, because I am a physical uh, guy, although sounds like Sony is going to drive me nuts with that here again, because apparently, yeah, you know that thing that's going to make your PlayStation 4 not going to play your games? They did the same stupid thing in the PlayStation 5. So, well, at least I've bought myself more time by buying the PlayStation 5. Uh, Microsoft doesn't do this, so yay, you're my good buddy, Microsoft. But what they, but I do prefer physical games because even then, you know, if something breaks or something, one, I'm sure the internet will find a workaround, and two, I could then at least always play vanilla. So, right. But I was, I was, my lizard brain kicks in and just goes, I wonder how much we could resell this guy. So, isn't the Series S going for like? Is that selling for four hundred? Is that the price? Three hundred new. Three hundred new. Okay, that's what I thought. I I, I, I couldn't remember. So it's three hundred new. So I hopped on eBay, 
you can definitely tell that people are considering that like the dork version of the system because that thing is not selling for hardly any above retail. Basically, the best I saw was someone sold one for $350 with free shipping. So that means the eBay cut and all of the shipping is coming out of that extra $50. So, uh, and then one had been sold for $230. They put it on auction. And I just was like, oh, man. Wow. Uh, get me some more of those X's. I, I would buy, if they had had one there... Uh, today I would have bought it on site, but no, this <laughs> series is. <laughs> uh, like when the Xbox 360 came out, and then they included a model that didn't come with a hard drive. It was just, oh, this is so stupid. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, Dave. I want to share a trailer with you real fast here. Okay. Okay. Now, are we going to get, like, copyright something? No. If we, uh, nope. Okay. Uh, okay. What am I watching? Oh, jeez. I saw this in the uh, discount bin uh, at Walmart today. I almost picked it up. But I think what you keep talking about, though, is they're releasing, like, a super like edition so like the ultimate yep. edition yep okay hold on we, listeners we are looking at a power rangers battle for the grid official chun lee gameplay yep okay if i can right get, i've got to reposition things here real fast all right uh, now she is the what the blue phoenix ranger or something. Yep. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh hold on. There we go. <laughs> well, you can definitely tell who it is, but oh, that's hysterical. I love it. Oh. I would love, though, if one of her alternate outfits, though, was her classic outfit. Oh, there is an alternate costume in here. Oh, geez. What is it? Oh, hold on. You'll see it in a second. Oh, I will? Okay. Yep. First off, though, this gameplay looks crazy. Oh, hey. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Angel Grove, class of 93. That's great. Oh, hysterical. <laughs> So, listeners, one of the things that also is weirding me out about this, though, is recently, within probably like the last two years, uh, I have gotten into picking up the Shout Factory releases of Super Sentai, which is the unedited original Japanese series, which Power Rangers takes all of its ranger and robot and monster footage from. So... I have been watching those instead. So I have now watched the original uh, Kyorio Sentai Ranger, which is what Power, the original Power Rangers was pulled from. So it is so weird now to just see the difference with how hacked up and pieced together that they made Power Rangers and seeing like the characters when 
And Zoo Ranger was really not a sci-fi series. It was a more like fantasy-based series. So mm-hmm. seeing like Zordon and the and the uh, the command center is is really jarring to me because they really are not the same at all. No, it, it's just. Oh, it's so weird. It's like a distorted echo. <laughs> uh, speaking of fighting games, so uh, what do you? What's your opinion on the rumor that NetherRealm is possibly working on something Marvel related, and the thoughts that it actually might be a Marvel versus DC game? Um, it's bittersweet. On the one hand, I know uh, NetherRealm Studios does a fantastic job with fighting games. I have never been dissatisfied uh, since they've become NetherRealm Studios. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like if that happens, that means Marvel versus Capcom is truly dead. Yeah, well, I, it would say to me, though, that NetherRealm has the license now. But I don't think that Marvel versus Capcom would ever truly be dead. I just think Marvel, now that they're owned by Disney, was just pretty disappointed with how Infinite did. And But I would place the blame for that on, you know... Capcom themselves, they just they made some really odd decisions with that uh, game, mm-hmm. and it, it just left a bittersweet taste in a lot of fans' mouths. So they've really got no one to blame but themselves. Uh, if I were them, though, I would start looking into maybe some of other options for versus series because the Capcom versus series has had some. You know, it's never been just Capcom. I mean, we had Capcom mm-hmm. versus SNK, and I know, uh, I believe SNK has been saying, "Yeah, we'd love to." You know, yeah, they're playing friendly again. Make, yeah, they, we'd love to do three. You know, let's count to three. You know, we can uh, we can do better than Valve. <laughs> uh, Tatsunoko versus Capcom. That was a great one too. It was a bit mm-hmm. more simplified, but it was a wonderful fighter for the Wii. The, oh yeah, the Wii. The Wii had a fighting game that was really good exclusive actually. yeah yeah um also i mean they, they've worked with net um i and for some reason street fighter cross tekken was the name but they also had those like strange rpg ones that were like japan only and i think they now have like a spiritual successor in like the project x zone games which take from everybody it is capcom namco and stega they're not fighters but Good God of the bizarre. And then in the sequel, Nintendo was like, yeah, you can use a couple characters for this that we think is appropriate. So you could get Lucina, Krom, and then Fior- Fiona from uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. <laughs> so, Perfect Universe, who would you like to see a Capcom versus game with? Um, well, a Capcom versus game with that. Uh, hmm. Well. That's a good question. I'm kind of looking around the room. Capcom typically seen aside from Marvel, which at the same time though they they kind of took those characters and then gave them a very kind of anime aesthetic mm-hmm. uh, for those games. And hmm, I'm trying to think of like what company. Um, I, I would just love to see some of their like craft classic franchises come back. They just left kind of dormant. Um, like Darkstalkers? 
Darkstalkers is one of my favorites. Uh, that that's a, a happy gaming memory that we'll have to talk about on a on a future podcast when we can get more folks in. Uh, we we've been wanting to revisit the lost episode of Syrup Shots, but and we were trying to do so tonight, but unfortunately, um, uh, children were the problem tonight. Children were the problem. <laughs> we wish our our uh, Syrup Shots gaming members that are parents well, but uh, uh, sometimes, you know, kids just don't want to go to bed. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, Especially uh, infants. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm just... I wouldn't mind actually seeing them go uh, up against, like, another anime series company again. That would be kind of cool. Um, like, uh, if you could get, like, uh, Capcom versus Gynax. Oh, okay. That would be that would be pretty interesting. Uh, real quick, I know I know Evangelion and uh, isn't Fooly Cooly also one of theirs? I as believe well? so. I yeah, mean, you get you could get some weird ones like uh, Kamikano. Oh yeah. Um, I'm just I'm looking up their filmography right now. Uh, Nadia, Secret of the Blue Water. Uh, oh yeah, Evangelion. Uh, <laughs> Oh, that series sucked. <laughs> no, don't use that one. <laughs> what series? Uh, Maharo Medic. Yes, they do have Gurren Lagann. Uh, oh, nice. That would be amazing. Uh, Panty mm-hmm. and Stocking with Garter Belt. Uh, I have not seen that one, but I do know that that is a very popular series. Uh, films, let's see. Cutie Honey, yes. Yes, do get put Cutie Honey in that move in that game that would be oh. amazing uh, apple seed remember i showed you guys that on a uh, anime movie night we had uh apple seed oh yes 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 so with uh, with uh, yeah. like spider mech yes yeah well we watched we watched the remake but yes they they did the original 1988 film uh let's uh, and yes it's in there Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've got a couple other. Oh, ooh, Kashan, Robot Hunter would be cool. Oh wait, no, he's Tats. Never mind. <laughs> Apparently, uh, they did the animation for one of those. See, for me, yeah, I, I, sorry, go ahead. No, no, just you know, something like that would be fun. I think. I I think you'd really gel with my theory. Then, yeah. I would love, absolutely love, to see a Capcom versus Arc Systems work game. Ooh, that would be good. Because you would then get Guilty Gear, Blaze Blue, Undernight in Birth, uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, mm-hmm. and uh, that would be good. That's just oh, oh. Mm-hmm. I would, and then I would love to see a Arc System Works versus Capcom, where it mm-hmm. runs on a Arc Systems Work engine, where Arc System Works mm-hmm. makes the game. So at least yeah. one of them would be good. <laughs> mean <laughs> hey hey street fighter 5 was a bust when it came out uh marvel versus mm-hmm. capcom infinite was a bust when it came out uh yeah I, th- th- their fighting game the capcom's fighting game department needs to follow suit with the rest of capcom the rest of capcom yeah. has been banging it recently there you've got mm-hmm. your monster hunter your resident evil your uh uh devil may cry they have just mm-hmm. been banger after banger after banger, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they're fighting him. Yeah, they have used to be now, though. Yeah. I don't know what happened there necessarily. Uh, I know that uh, the guy who has been in charge, uh, Yoshinori Ono, has uh, now left the company. Uh, so and and Street Fighter Five, they did you know st- take a step back. They really you know started working on pushing the content, and now it is good. It's a good game, but yeah, mm-hmm. it had a really rough start. It did Ooh, really rough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So I I'm hoping that Street Fighter Six or whatever iteration that takes, it, it mm-hmm. kind of goes back to the the drawing board. So mm-hmm. that leads me to an interesting question for you, Dave. We're gonna mm-hmm. I have a uh, fighting game question for you. Yeah, Which sure. Street Fighter is the best Street Fighter? Oh, um, hmm. I would say. Now it was hard as heck. I still have a nice soft spot in my heart for the classic 2D animated Street Fighters because there was a a, a style to that. I would love to see like a redrawn version, like you know how they did that Super Street Fighter 2 HD version or Ultra but Street Fighter like, 2 for the Switch. Yeah, I would love uh to see the Alpha series. Ah, do that. Yeah. Um, actually, I think one of my favorite PSP games is it was like the definitive edition of Street Fighter Alpha. Now, mind you, as I said, the game was hard as heck at times. Oh, yeah. Especially in the final boss against M. Bison. It's just like, just kill me now. Uh, <laughs> but that seems to be part of the course for Street Fighter bosses. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it had like a lot of characters that were really great. And then this final version for the PSP added just a couple that I was just like, really? Wow, that is amazing. I never... They added Eagle from uh, the first game. Mm-hmm. So you know, he was back. And then it added Ingrid, who was a one-off character who was in like that Capcom fighting evolution game, uh, which was one of the laziest games they ever made. They created like one new character and a set of sprites. And then uh, everything else was just recycled material from old games. I, so, I actually saw a video about that recently. It was hot garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I have that hot garbage on the Xbox. Yes. Yes, it is hot garbage. Uh but but th- it had its charms because I'm just sitting there like, well, we have Darkstalkers in here. I'm not going to complain. Uh, but I really liked Alpha series is the one I would say was my favorite. Oh, and, and the point I was making with that Capcom fighting evolution, they had that character Ingrid. She was made specifically for that game because she was going to be in like another one of their games. And... She, the game ended up being canceled, but they thought she was cool enough. They didn't want to leave her on the cutting room floor. So, you know, they put her in that. And then they're also like, well, now we got this cool character on this one time crossover game, which did not receive, get received. Well, now she's, Oh, she's part of the street fighter universe. Always was. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to go with that. Okay. (laughs) 
I'm trying to, I was trying to look here. Uh, evidently, um, uh, she's uh, been one of the talked about DLC characters for uh, Street Fighter V as well. That would not surprise me. <laughs> it would surprise me at this point because they've announced most of the last DLC characters. Except the last one, right? They're still right. trying to keep that one a secret. I have a theory on that one. Okay, I'm listening. I, th I think it's an SNK character. Really? Oh, that would be cool. I, I think that's going to be their bridge into Capcom versus SNK 3. Okay. Mark hmm. of the post-pandemic. That'll be the title. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like you it. See, for me, uh, visual-wise, I'd actually have to go with Street Fighter 3. Mm, those were pretty nice. It, were. That was like the smoothest-looking 2D fighter, uh, you know, sprite-based fighter I have ever seen. Mm -hmm. Now, that game was hard as balls. Yes. Does that need yes. to be censored? No, we've said balls plenty of times on the podcast before. Balls. Uncensored. Balls. Yes. <laughs> we're talking about the drink, right? Exactly, B A W L S. W L S. Yeah, yep. yeah. <sighs> yeah uh, especially that final boss, uh, Gil. Isn't that? Yeah. You see, yeah, I, only know him. I only know him. I only know him that beep 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 throw controller. Yeah, he can go drink a big old <laughs> case of balls. <laughs> yeah, um, no, but didn't he have that like resurrection move that like completely restored his health? So interesting fact about that. Evidently, yes. you can disrupt his resurrection so it doesn't give him full health back. Okay. So that was part of the trick with him, is you couldn't let your guard down. You had to keep attacking. Because I, I only beat you. him once. I only beat him once, and then he regenerated, and I was like, done. Yep. <laughs> nope. I, that, that is so part of the course for Street Fighter final bosses, though. I couldn't even believe how hard Steph was in Street Fighter 4. It got to the point, though, that it was like I could beat the first match, but then like the computer was just like, oh, he beat us the first time. Well, he's never going to beat us the second time. And then he would just clobber me in match two and three. So I finally just set it on only being one-round matches so I could actually see some ending cutscenes and get some right. trophies. I still say, though, uh, that the one game that has the worst AI to fight against is uh, the Mortal Kombat 3 games. Because they have flat out admitted that their yeah. uh, AI was reading your inputs. Mm hmm. So yeah, it knew what you entered. Just, yeah. Yeah, were worse than others. Like trying to fight Jade in that game, he's just, if you see her crop up, you're just like, oh, well, we're done. Jade yep. and Cabal were the two for me. Mm -hmm. Yep. No fun. No es bueno. Nope, nope, nope. Oh, what else? Um, trying to think if there's any... Oh, there's one other game I've been playing. because uh, mm -hmm. Because I got this Switchpad Pro, and I actually have mm -hmm. a D-pad. Oh. Um... I have jumped back into Hollow Knight. Oh, okay. Have you ever played so, Hollow Knight? Uh, I hear it, yeah. It's two-dimensional Dark Souls, right? <laughs> two-dimensional Dark Souls crossed with the Metroidvania. 
Okay. It is creepy. It is hard, but it never feels unfair. Okay. And, and unlike a Bloodborne or a Dark Souls games, it has responsive control, so I actually feel like I'm in control of my character. See, the thing, you keep saying that you feel like those games have unresponsive controls, whereas I'm like, I, I thought they did have responsive controls. So, you know, I, I mean, I was able to beat Bloodborne. Also, I will admit, uh, Bloodborne was giving me severe anxiety at times because at the time, uh, I uh, was gainfully unemployed. <laughs> and. I had to have I, I have to have uh, medicines that allow me to be a functioning adult at times, you know, like most people. Uh, me too. Yay! So, but at the same time, they were costing me uh, a pretty penny. So I got to talking to my doctor to just see, hey, is there like another alternative that we could look at? You know, something that's not going to you know cost me. Uh, an arm and a leg when I have no money coming in, you know? So, so he was like, yeah, we can do that. And so we looked into this other drug. I forget its name. I was on it for probably like two months and it did not work. It was just flat mm. out not working. It was not doing what it's supposed to. It just, it, it sucked. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, and I have panic disorder. That that is my issue, and I have no problem talking about it. I, I'm trying to end the stigma. You know, people. Oh, Dave, you know, Dave, freaking crazy. Yeah, I, I am, <laughs> and so is everybody else. <laughs> That's the problem. And so, but Bloodborne, when I'm not taking my proper meds, was triggering. Ugh. my stressors for panic disorder <laughs> and it's yeah. just like <laughs> so i eventually managed to uh <laughs> i beat the game but i'll put it this way also i never was able to beat that uh the the old hunters dlc no that that was oh that was <laughs> I have so many words for it, none of which are pleasant and can be said on air. I I beat the first boss on that, decided I hate this, and then promptly went to finish the game. But I, I also hear, though, it's just like, oh, but you missed the hardest boss. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> when I'm not having fun with the game anymore, usually that's time for me to go, this is not fun. This is stupid. I hate this. It's done. So and that's one of the things about Devil May Cry 5 that I'm, I'm finding. And it's also one of those things that the games do this. And some games really can hook me in. You know, they fish hook me by the cheek and pull me in. But they have these so, challenges in there. You know, the challenges to get cool stuff. And some of them are crazy. So... Doom 2016 did this. You would get cool stuff by completing their challenge, and some of them were absolutely nuts. Like killing uh, a certain number of enemies in the room, and you had like five seconds, but every time you killed an enemy, you would gain a like second or something to the time mm -hmm. limit. I, I completed all of those. And in retrospect, it's just like, why did I do that? Those sucked. 
Uh, I was not having any fun. So Devil May Cry 5 is doing that. You can find secret missions in the levels, in some of them. And completing them will give you cool stuff like health items. Or, you know, like your devil trigger, which is like your powered up mode. Right, um, right. Items. Yeah, it increases the meter for that. Um, but some of them are like... Uh, Stay in the air juggling uh, enemies for 15 seconds. <laughs> I'm just like, nope. <laughs> Negative, Ghost Rider. <laughs> Not going to do that. And and some of them I tried, and it's just like it gets to a point, and I'm just like, uh, I can't get past this. What am I doing in this game? Oh, I haven't died yet? Oh, well, who cares? <laughs> But another one was like, get all the way to the end of the stage without touching the floor. So they have like these lamps that you can uh, use like a grapple hook on and then it would fling you. And then but the thing is, there's another lamp or something that's floating in the air. But to activate, you have to shoot it and then grapple onto it. So it's just like fling, shoot, grapple, fling, shoot, grapple, fling, shoot. Grapple. And you got to keep doing this. But then like the ground starts to get closer to you. So, you know, the amount you can fall gets progressively smaller and smaller mm. as you get to the end. And it's just like, no, I'm not doing this no more. This is no fun. Uh, yeah, so I didn't do it. <laughs> there, uh, that would have been the best example for that for me would have been the Tower of 99 Challenges in Mortal Kombat 9. Jeez. Where the final one, I never got this far, but the final one mm -hmm. was with one life. You have to beat Goro, Kintaro, Melina, and uh, Shao Kahn. Isn't that how you got that stupid final costume for Melina? Yes. Uh, the flesh pits. That's the word I was looking for. The, the flesh pit. The sad mummy cosplay. <laughs> yep. Because it was Shang Tsung's flesh pits. Yes. Uh, uh, which just which is which just sounds like the porno section in an old video store. Yes, yes. Uh wow. In like an old like family owned video store. Or something. Yep. <laughs> uh yep, yep. Okay, over here we got the children's section and then we've got the uh the flesh pit section. <laughs> And the next to that is uh, action and uh, horror. <laughs> oh, well, Dave. Now, okay, I think this has been. Okay, now, Sorry, go ahead. Now, now I do have a question for you, though, because okay. I know this because we've known each other a long time. Uh, I know your dad owned two video stores. Mm -hmm. Okay. No, uh, it did not have that section. <laughs> Oh, uh, that would have been hysterical. There were some videotapes, though, because he was a, a video store owner in the VHS days, right? Yeah. Yes. Because I remember you pulled out some VHS tapes. Look at this crap, you know? <laughs> um, oh, fun. Yeah. I do remember it had a, a pretty robust horror section, and that's how I got introduced to Puppet Masters. Wow. I never watched nice. it. I just saw the box. But <laughs> great. Fun stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I really didn't start getting into horror movies until I was probably about in high school. And now it's just like probably one of my favorite, you know, genres. <laughs> I'm oh, still not, no. I'm still not huge on horror. I'll, I'll watch the occasional horror thing, but it's, it's not really my chain. Mm-hmm. And it's weird also that how at the same time where my, my mental issues were cropping up, that was the genre that I was uh, getting into because my, my, my panic disorder is also triggered by a, a severe phobia of dying that uh, I, I still have on occasion. It still crops up. But it's nowhere near as bad as it used to be. And, and then that's the topic I'm getting, I, I'm getting really interested in. Yes, let's watch this movie where people are murdered. You know, well, you, by, you know what, though? I, I think part of it is, is it, if you watch a fiction of it that's so outlandish, it it makes it more outlandish for you. That's a good one. It was cathartic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there is, yeah, there is no way a dream monster is going to kill me. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay. You know what? There's there's no way a gremlin's going to get into my uh, automated chair and shoot me out the window. That's Mrs. Deagle. <laughs> uh, uh, or, or a werewolf or a vampire, things like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then on the ones, though, where it's just like, oh, Jaws. Well, I just won't go in the water. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't like the beach anyway, so that wasn't, that wasn't too bad. <laughs> Dave, don't you want to come into the beach? Nah. I don't want sand halfway up my butt. And then there's also the giant monsters in the water. I'll stay here. <laughs> Yep. Uh, well, Dave, I think this has been a pretty good episode. We yeah. laughed. We talked about some serious stuff. We talked about naked bananas. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> I still say that's the episode title. Please show us on the banana where, where he touched you. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll probably make it. No one ever says, show me on the banana where he touched you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I wonder what search results we're going to fall under for that. Good gosh. <laughs> Banana porn. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, as long as you don't have a banana hammock with our banana, we're good. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. But I get you. <laughs> you, you see what I did there? Yes. Yeah, so now I'm just imagining how would a banana wear a banana hammock? Never mind. <laughs> Just the places my brain goes to. <laughs> yep. I, I imagine it'd be on the very end, of, like that black part of the banana. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you pulled up on it, would have split the banana in half. I, oh, yeah. it'd be a banana split. <laughs> Aha! <laughs> yeah. Whackity, well, schmackity, do. <laughs> thank you, Patton Oswald. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, guys, until next time, be safe. Be kind, dress your bananas, bottoms up.